Hello, so today I was thinking about how my brother and I, last weekend we did a double feature on animated films. Sometimes my brother and I just want to chill and watch cartoons. And that was one of those days. And the two, we, we picked two cartoon movies we wanted to watch on my projector screen that I have. And the two movies we picked were very opposite from each other. The first one was Scoob, the Scooby-Doo movie they recently made from Warner Brothers Studios. And the other movie we watched was We Bear Bears the Movie, which is a Cartoon Network original made-for-TV movie. And I'm wanting to explain to you the two movies that we watched, what makes them different, and which one I enjoyed more. So I'm going to start first by describing Scooby-Doo. This first segment, I'm going to go over my memories of Scooby-Doo and a little bit of the history of Scooby-Doo and give you my take on Scooby-Doo as a whole, as a show, throughout the years. <clears throat> Scooby-Doo has been around since the late 1960s. It's, it was originally Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? was a very simple show. Every episode had a very similar premise, and that premise was the kids in the the kids pull up in their van called the Mystery Machine. They see the spooky house and they decide that they're going to go in and investigate it. Every time they go in the spooky house or spooky mine or spooky carnival or whatever that spooky thing is, they go in there. Somebody warns them about a ghost that haunts the place. So they investigate it and there's always this big chase scene. They find a couple of clues and eventually ends with them catching the the ghost and it ends up, you know, every single time it ends up that the ghost is just a man in a mask trying to scare everybody away. And that premise stuck around for years. That's what, what the show was, and it developed into the new Scooby-Doo movies, in which in the new Scooby-Doo movies, it was a very similar premise, but each episode had a guest star, like Davy Jones from the Monkees, Batman and Robin, and the Globetrotters. And those two shows were what we think of with Scooby-Doo mostly. That was the the start of this and it created this popular phenomenon that has yet to disappear today. It is still popular among kids and they spin off new shows and new movies all the time. But over the years with me, Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo has its hits and misses. There's been things in Scooby-Doo that I think a lot of us would agree wasn't all that great, like Scrappy-Doo. I know that a lot of people don't like Scrappy-Doo. And the whole premise changed eventually. Over the years, it's, it, it, left, it, left that, it left that whole idea of 
they got to catch the bad guy and unmask him, figure out what the ghost really is. Into the show has become more about the supernatural and there's more actual supernatural stuff in this. And um, what comes into my mind first when I think of them introducing more regular supernatural stuff, and it's mostly in the movies. Um, when they make a movie, Scooby-Doo Meet the Boo Brothers, um, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase, and it's gone on beyond that, but I haven't really watched it beyond that. It just, something with me, Scooby-Doo lost its touch somewhere, and it, it, it needs to regain that touch, and I'm going to get into that a little bit more as this little podcast episode progresses. So we watched the Scooby-Doo movie. So this, not the Scooby-Doo movie, it was called Scoob. It was a regular Scoob. And then after that, we watched We Bear Bears, the movie. And for those of you that don't know what We Bear Bears is, it's a it's a quirky little light-hearted cartoon on Cartoon Network. And this cartoon it just ended its run. It went three seasons, and it ended its run with a TV made-for-TV movie. We Bear Bears is basically about three bears. They all grew up together. They consider themselves brothers. One's a polar bear, one's a panda bear, and one's a grizzly bear. And these bears live in San Francisco, or at least in a cave in the outskirts of San Francisco. And they are basically wannabe hipsters. They wanna, they're they're hipster bears, and they want to. They want to become online famous, and they want to become. They want to become little mini celebrities. They like going to food trucks. They like shopping with their tote bags at Whole Foods type markets. The panda bears all into becoming a social media icon. The grizzly bear is just always coming up with schemes. He's the leader, and. I guess the polar bear is just this little polar bear. He doesn't talk or anything. He just goes along with the ride. And my brother absolutely loves We Bear Bears. It's his favorite show, and I quite enjoy it myself for for it being a little kid's cartoon. I guess you could make fun of me. Me and my brother just bond over cartoons. We love watching little cartoons like that. It's just what we what we do what we bond over so i'm gonna get start now with my review of the first movie we watched which was scoob the way we got around to watching scoob is we agreed to watch the we bears bears movie i forgot about it went to Redbox and rented the movie scoob and we didn't have much to do that night so my brother's like it's all right we can watch both so we put it on scoob and here's here's the thing with Scoob. It starts out with Shaggy. We all know Shaggy, who's a 
he's a young guy. He's a little kid, and he doesn't have any friends, and he's looking for his best friend. And he runs into Scooby-Doo, and him and Scooby-Doo become best friends. And he buys Scooby-Doo a collar, and they make an oath to stick together forever. And they meet Fred, Velma, and Daphne at this creepy old house. And, and it you know, it's a, a traditional old-school Scooby-Doo chase they get chased around by this guy dressed as a ghost in the house, and it turns out that he's um, stealing and stealing and stealing and selling black market HD TVs. So they forward it, and they decide they're going to start a mystery ink type deal, and then they grow up and they've solved all these mysteries together so they decide to have like breakfast or something with Simon Cowell and Simon Cowell judges the Mystery Inc. team and tells them that Velma, Fred, and Daphne are great mystery solvers but Scooby and Shaggy are holding them back so Scooby and Shaggy decide to go off on their own (coughs) And just, I guess, do their thing. Then Scooby and Shaggy get kidnapped by... They get kidnapped by a a superhero. And they they had something to do... They were in a bowling alley. And they got attacked by robots. And then they get abducted by the superhero, the Blue Falcon. Who's part of the Hanna-Barbera universe. And the Blue Falcon tells them that for some reason they're after Scooby and Shaggy. And they tell them that the the villain after them is Dick Dastardly. Which, if you don't remember Dick Dastardly, he's probably most well known for Wacky Races. Wacky Races, him and Muttley are always trying to afford and cheat to win the race, and they always finish last. So, Dastardly and Muttley are... Dastardly and Muttley are trying to capture Scooby for some reason. And to skip the middle, um, Dastardly and Muttley want Scooby because he's the ancient descendant... He's the descendant of some ancient dog that can control this portal to open up this realm to the underworld. I guess it's basically a portal to hell where they can steal this gold. And that's pretty much the whole premise of the movie is Dick Dastardly trying to get Scooby-Doo to open the portal to hell to get this gold. And here's my here's my take on that movie and what my problem with it was. They tried to modernize Scooby-Doo too much. They they all of the jokes were all of the jokes were jokes about modern day pop culture 
apps. It wasn't... It was very... Some of the jokes were already outdated. Like, I messaged Simon Cowell. You know, Simon Cowell has been around so long, it's a dated joke. These are jokes that are going to be dated in five years. (coughs) The funniest joke in the movie was a joke about Tinder. Like, and that was about... The biggest laugh I got was a joke about Tinder. It just wasn't a very well done movie. It was just done very lazily. It was a it was a cash grab. It was let's see what we can do quickly put together a movie and try and build a universe so we can pull the whole Marvel thing but with Scooby Doo characters. Is basically what this movie was. Um the the whole premise by putting dastardly in it was that they could eventually build this universe. Okay, and that gets me to something that I like about the movie, which was Dick Dastardly and how he was portrayed and who portrayed him. Dick Dastardly was played by one of my favorite voice actors in Jason Isaac. Jason Isaac is best known as playing the bad guy um, Colonel William Tavington of the Dragoons in the movie The Patriot. And he's also played in other movies like Armageddon, Peter Pan. I remember him being in a Peter Pan movie. Um, he's just a very solid actor and he's a very solid voice actor. He's he's done voices in Avatar The Last Airbender and Star Wars Rebels, where he played the Grand Inquisitor. He's a very talented voice actor, and he makes a very good bad guy. And that was the highlight of the movie for me, was getting to hear him act as Dick Dastardly. Which Dick Dastardly and Muttley was the best part of the movie. The rest of the movie was very forgettable. And Scoob is gonna fade off into obscurity. And it's not gonna be a well-remembered part of the Scooby-Doo the Scooby-Doo franchise. Scooby-Doo, for me, is very hit or miss. There's some really good Scooby-Doo stuff, and then there's some Scooby-Doo stuff that bores the heck out of me and probably should have never been made. This gets me to the second movie that we watched, which was We Bear Bears the Movie. We Bear Bears the Movie was a TV movie based on We Bear Bears, which I just told you about. The premise of the We Bear Bears movie was the three bears um, are up to their usual antics that they normally do in the cartoon, and it leads to the people in San Francisco not wanting them in town anymore. So they get this guy from the wildlife services to relocate the bears back to their natural habitats, in which the bears refuse and they escape. And they decide to go to Canada because everyone in Canada loves bears. So they pack up their things. They get on the road. And they're almost hit by by the mystery machine. I kid you not. The mystery machine comes down the highway and runs them off the road. And they... And they wreck their car. And they get helped out by these 
YouTube celebrities, basically these YouTube hits where people that have all these viewers and followers are out in a party in the woods for some reason. God knows why they're all out partying in the woods. But they fix up the wee bear bear's car and the bears, you know, it's, I would compare the movie, it's like a mix between the Simpsons movie and the 500th episode of the Simpsons. You could really compare that to the episode, 500th episode of the Simpsons, when people of Springfield get tired of the Simpsons antics and they kick them out of Springfield and they have to go some, find somewhere else to live. And then also at the Simpsons movie, they're driving north to find a new life that's better for themselves. To make a long story short on this movie, they get to Canada and they don't have a passport, so Canada doesn't let them in. The EPA guy, not EPA, the Wild Wildlife Services guy captures the bears and throws the grizzly bear into a grizzly preserve, which is just a bunch of bears in cages. Um, <laughs> the one part in that movie that just kind of drove me nuts was the grizzly bear escapes the cage by getting into his inner strength and bending the bars to squeeze out of the cage. He squeezes the cage and goes and rescues his friend from his friends from the park and wildlife services bad guy. Um, just like any weird bear bear stuff, it has a little bit of social justice kind of message to it about treating people equally which I'm okay with and I have to tell you that the TV movie made for Cartoon Network We Bear Bears movie was 50 times better than Scoob they're both not going to be remembered in history for different reasons the reason I liked We Bear Bears movie better is the jokes were landed so much better than in Scoob and they're jokes that you can laugh at forever. They're not they're not reliant on pop culture. It's not reliant on trends that are going on right now. With We Bear Bears, the best they like ten minutes into the movie. There was already a better joke than what was in the entire Scoob movie. There's this scene in the Wee Bear Bears movie when it takes place when they're little cubs. It's like a flashback to when they're little cubs. And one of them is walking down a railroad track bridge, kind of like in Stand By Me. So they're walking down this railroad track bridge and he comes across his um, panda bear friend who's got his foot caught in between the railroad ties of the the wooden boards on the tracks and he's trying to get his friend unstuck and it comes across and then imagine this a train comes there's a train coming down the railroad tracks and one of the bears looks up and says a train and the other one says what's that doing here and that's simple of a joke that simple of a joke was enough to get me to laugh. And that simple of a joke was better than anything offered in the entire Scuba movie that was reliant on Appa jokes and pop culture jokes, which they're lazy. They get dated really fast.
So now into the what I'm why I'm saying neither one of these movies are going to be remembered. Scoob isn't going to be remembered because it was very mediocre. It's just going to be remembered as a missed opportunity that they could have made a very good Scooby-Doo movie. But in the long run, they just made a lazy put together for a cheap cash grab. And it will probably be remembered better than We Bear Bears movie. The We Bear Bears movie isn't going to be remembered because there's no old-time nostalgia to it. People don't look at We Bear Bears and go, Oh, wow, that's We Bear Bears. It's not something that's been accustomed to our to our culture. It's not something... Pe- people like watching stuff that is familiar. People like familiarity. And... That's where it made me think. I need to challenge myself to get out of that familiarity. What I'm saying is is that I I'm I'm like it myself. Like when a new Star Wars movie comes out, I get way more excited than The Tenant. Which I haven't seen The Tenant. I want to see The Tenant, but it's going to be it's going to have to be when I'm on my own because my brother isn't interested in that kind of thing. So, like, Star Wars... You could make a crappy Star Wars movie. It could be a terrible Star Wars movie. And it will still make five times more money than The Tenet. For this reason. It's familiar. People know it has a brand name that's already established to it. So, even though We Bear Bears is a far superior movie... You know, a movie that has more jokes that the whole family can get and enjoy. Though maybe a little more childish than Scoob. It's not going to be remembered like Scoob or noticed like Scoob. Because it doesn't have that familiarity to it. It doesn't have a brand. Um, People are going to go see Scoob just because it's Scooby-Doo. We Bear Bears is just a TV movie. That's not even in the thought process of 90% of the people. It's mostly just going to be watched by little kids when their parents put it on to kill, just to kill time. And that's my take on this whole thing is, and what I'm asking you guys to do is get away from your norm once in a while and try something new. Instead of putting in Star Wars for the 1400th time, maybe pick out a new movie that you think, okay, this sounds interesting. There's there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes even the simplest things that you find on television can turn out to be gems. So that's going to be the end of my my segment on this. My next segment, I'm going to review... The Jurassic Park, Jurassic, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is going to be my next segment. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I'll talk to you all in a minute. Hello, welcome back. And I am now going to go into my segment talking about the new series, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. 
Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is an animated series based on the Jurassic World movies, which were originally the Jurassic Park movies. Um, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World did a much better job than Star Wars did, in my opinion, on... On... Ah, I'm sorry, I have a very bad migraine. Jurassic Park and Jur Jurassic World did a very good job at transitioning to create a product that the younger kids can relate to more than Star Wars did. So, one of the interesting premises I've noticed within each Jurassic Park movie is there's a male lead, a female lead, and at least one or two children in the lead in each movie. If you look at all five Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movies, there's a male lead, a female lead, and a kid lead. That's because they're trying to target every possible audience with these movies, particularly kids. When you really think and come down to it, Jurassic Park is a kid's movie. As much as a lot of us don't want to admit it, it's a movie designed to get money from 12-year-olds. So, that being said, I, I do like Jurassic Park. It's not my favorite. I have a hard time processing that they'd ever be able to clone it. So, and it's like Star Wars. It's a fantasy you can't take Jurassic Park seriously. What makes it cool is how real the dinosaurs work. That The dinosaurs look so real. Jurassic Park was made in 1993, and today you can still look at that T-Rex and say, wow, that looks like a real T-Rex. It's just amazing. They did a great job with that movie, particularly with the T-Rex and the Velociraptors. They just look real unbelievably real and nobody's done that good of a job with CGI ever since in my opinion so Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous it starts out it's this young kid maybe around 11 12 13 years old somewhere in that early teens to late preteens age kid and he wins this video game contest that gets him a free trip to join this summer camp where they can hang out in Jurassic World and see dinosaurs for the summer. He gets paired up with five other kids, three girls, and then two other guys, two other boys. And basically, here's my take. The first, this is the first four episodes. The first four episodes are... very mediocre the first four episodes are the kids doing stupid things to get in trouble like sneaking out and accidentally letting velociraptors out you know they didn't let them out but they fell into the velociraptor pit and almost got eaten and almost let a velociraptor out and luckily they're their camp counselors always get to come save them. They're always breaking into things. They're always going places they shouldn't and almost getting eaten. And they very much come across them as stupid, spoiled kids that probably should have been kicked out of camp. That being said, 
after the first four episodes, the show really builds and gains some strength and becomes a very solid cartoon. It becomes a very solid cartoon with a lot of action scenes, a lot of adventure to it. So, basically what happens in this series is it takes place just before, during, and just after the movie Jurassic World. So, the kids first go there and it's a normal camp. Then, all hell breaks loose and the dinosaurs get out. And they get lost, you know, they get chased by dinosaurs and get lost in the forest or jungle or whatever it's called. And they have to make their way back to the docks to catch a ferry to get off the island. And they only got like four hours to do it. So they got four hours to get across the island that's full of dinosaurs trying to eat them and get home. So... This is a spoiler alert. Big time spoiler alert. I'm looking up the characters. I'm looking up what what the characters' names are and who voices the characters. And the spoiler comes up about this kid named Ben. Ben is going to be a big focus for me on this podcast. Because it was a very interesting thing. It's kind of what got me engaged into the show. So Ben is this character. He's one of the kids at the camp. And he's very frail, very nerdy, very just your typical nerdy kid. He basically falls in love with this little baby dinosaur and names him Bumpy. And he takes care of Bumpy and helps Bumpy along the way. So I look him up, I look these characters up, and... (laughs) The first thing that comes up on his character is that he supposedly dies in the last episode. He gets killed off. He falls off a monorail. So I'm just sitting here puzzled this whole time on, this is a kid's show. Why would they kill off a kid? So I'm sitting here and I I, I watch it. I binge watch it. I watched all the episodes in like two days. It's only eight episodes. And... It gets to the scene where Ben supposedly dies. He saves everybody and then he falls off the monorail. And you just assume he's dead. Like, they're just like, oh god, he died, he's dead. And at the end of the episode, the, the end of the first season, you see Bumpy. And Bumpy sniffing around and he finds Ben's, like, body laying there. And then you see Ben's arm twitch. So it's like, no, he wasn't dead. And there's just all these things. Oh, it looks like Ben died. And uh, it's like, no, Ben didn't die. Ben's fine. And that was about it on that. It's just, I don't know. I just don't know why it it was such a big deal if he's not really dead. (laughs) But it got me engaged in the show. And yeah, it wasn't a bad show. Um, The big thing with the cartoon is, is they have these sentimental moments where they play the little touching theme and the kids are looking at the dinosaurs and they're all awed by it but it's just not the same it's a cartoon dinosaur it doesn't look real it doesn't have that real feeling that the dinosaurs in the movies have they just just feels like a cartoon 
and though it feels like a cartoon, it's, I'm not saying that it's bad, it's just, it's not the same feeling that you'd get from a Jurassic Park movie, and it's going to turn off a lot of adults. That being said, though, the Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous isn't an awful show. The first four episodes were really lame. The second four were really good, so it comes off as a pretty average show. And season two has promise. So, I really apologize. I don't know if this is going to be the best segment in the world. I might come back and do another segment. But my head has just started throbbing. So, I'm going to end this here. And if you want to check out Jurassic, or, oh man, Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous, check it out, it's not bad. You all have a good day.